commas. Commas is all things tech. The culture and technology coming together. Life hacks. The practicality right now in the inefficiency of the internet of buying and selling stuff is extraordinary. Entrepreneurship advice. I think the first thing is you got to understand your business inside out. Love and tech. They've almost reduced dating to kind of this very momentary snap of a person. It's going to be a fire show. I have yet to see something these days that's truly differentiated. New advice and new inspiration every show. This really is about the next generation of creators going faster, further than we did. And now, Sequoia Blodgett. Now let's start stacking them commas. What up, Commas fam? On this episode, we're jumping into the pros and cons of bringing on an investor, how to manifest what you want, life as a fashion entrepreneur, and what was popping at CES. Entrepreneurship advice. <laughs> Learn from the hottest and most successful investors, founders, and innovators in the game. Determine your greatness. It's time to get your knowledge up. Okay, okay, for sure, for sure. All right, so a lot of people are looking into entrepreneurship and they think they have to have an investor. I think there's reasons why you should and you shouldn't have an investor. And we're going to get into all that. So Dr. Dapper is back in the building. I ain't going nowhere. He ain't going nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to talk about my experience having an investor and your experience having an investor and Mm -hmm. why you should have one and why you should steer clear. Or ways you can also like thrive without having one. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when I went and built my company... Because it was a tech startup, it was super imperative that we had an investor Mm -hmm. because you can't scale a business. So meaning you cannot grow a business to the magnitude of what tech companies are expected to be without bringing on a team of investors. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think that's the biggest differentiating factor between tech entrepreneurship and small, medium business entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. You can grow a small, medium business without having an investor. What has your experience been like? Yeah, with me, you know, I tried to start off, um, in the beginning, it was me and my mom, so she helped me get it started, and we didn't have much, so it was like credit cards and things like that, because it's not as expensive as tech, you know, like Tesla and all that stuff, they spend in millions or whatever, um, <clears throat> so it kind of started with that, and then my mom passed, and I graduated, and I was on my own, so I was like, I was running out of money, and my shoes, my first order of shoes came in late, um, and I had a homie who had a guy that, um, well, no, it's not a guy, it was his father-in-law so, so it was like really close. he had a guy <laughs> they were really close he had a guy it was his father-in-law he was very well off and he told him about my story what i was doing and then me and his father-in-law we sat down um and we talked about it. he was like oh yeah i want to help you out blah blah whatever so it wasn't like your traditional like investor like let me have a business plan mm-hmm. uh, a slide deck and all that you know so it's never been traditional from the jump for me uh so that was kind of like another non-traditional thing uh the way i got into the investment so he loaned me some money and we had our little contract typed out on like you know words docs just real simple uh we both signed and we we went for it and um after that you know he wasn't really like involved with the business so i didn't get help with like accounting and marketing or like other entrepreneurial advice so i mean i feel like that was kind of something that was lacking as i was young you know and i got this money i'm like okay let me go spend it and uh all of that money went towards my next order of shoes so i didn't have any cash after that so it was kind of hard for me to um, scale so it was it was a it was a a lesson for me. You know, I think, Ill, but it was a lesson. I think you make a great <laughs> point in the sense that 
people are like, oh, I need the money, I need the money, but they don't understand that they actually need the talent and the team and the resources around the money. So that's the same thing that happened to me. So I went through Silicon Valley, had a billionaire venture capitalist invest in my company, thought that everything was going to be hunky-dory. We good. We got the bag. That's all we need. It was not good, okay? (laughs) Uh, Not good at all. So there were so many resources that were missing. So mm -hmm. I couldn't understand at the time you know, I'm thinking I have the money, we're good, but I needed marketing, I needed sales, I needed brand, I needed to understand all those dynamics. And although we were making sales, mm-hmm. it wasn't fast enough for a tech company to realize a return, right? Yeah. And so I think that's the biggest thing with having an investor come on is what other resources are they giving you? Mm-hmm. If it's not just capital, what else are you looking for? And for me, I think it's more important to have a strategic investor versus just an investor, right? Yeah, because you can, like, even with that, you know, you can have an investor that's, like, that invests in you and is heavily involved, and you can have an investor, or you can choose to have an investor that invests in you and is not heavily involved. So, I mean, there's also two sides to it, and I'm sure you know, like, you've been in investing and all that stuff, so... I think it becomes like, okay, do I find somebody that's been in fashion, that knows fashion, and they want to invest and help me grow my business? Then how much equity do I want to give up or how much, like, what do I have to give in order to get this, you know, educated person that's been through this well-versed in fashion and has the money? Uh, or wh- what do I have to do to give or, like, lose for this person that doesn't know a lot about fashion, but he has the bread, you know, so I'm risking, you know, okay, I take the money and I try to do it on my own. And I try to figure everything out. Then I run out of money and I'm not selling fast enough. Then you're like, okay, I owe this guy money. And, you know, now he's on my butt because I owe him this money and he wants me to do so much more. So now he's more heavily involved than he ever was because I owe him this money and I didn't get it back to him. But, you know, if I had somebody that was already involved up front, you know, maybe I could have been like, okay, I made the return because I had these connections and this like help. And, you know, I wouldn't be in a bad situation. But, you know, you go through everything for a reason. Um, And. Yeah, you learn from it. So I think you make a lot of valid points. And within those valid points, there are a lot of key components. Mm-hmm. Having a strategic investor is important. If you do have an investor who does not know the business, make sure you find advisors that do. Facts. Because those advisors are going to basically steer your business into the direction. And mm-hmm. investors are supposed to be the catalyst to your network and relationships. So they're helping you find these advisors. They're helping you get to the next level. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I think that's super important. That's something we focus on heavily at M13 is we make sure that you have all of those resources and you're not just out there trying to figure it out. And when you explained that to me, I thought about my investor. I was the first experience I had. I was like, you know, after after that experience where I was like, okay, it was a year and he was like, we met up again or we met up monthly or whatever. He had told me like your your business is gonna fail. You're not gonna make it past this next year. And <laughs> that's, like, not, Wait, what? that's not the kind of thing you want to hear from somebody that's loaning you money, right? You want to be like, oh, you're gonna make it. Here's this resource. Here's this. Here's that. Or this connection I have. It's like okay, you you would think they want to help you make more money so you can pay them back easily or something like that. But that wasn't my experience. So I was like, dang, I got the that uh, pretty ugly experience or you know with that investor. So it was it was crazy when I heard you talk about that. And I was like, oh, they're giving them the 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 resources that they need to be successful because they know they want to make their money back. So. I was kind of shook, you know, when when that happened to me. Would you consider bringing on an investor again? See, me, like, at this point, I'm more so on the crowdfunding side or either just bootstrapping or either, like, partnerships. So if I go to—so for me, example, I have shoes, so I can go to a department store. I can get a a lookbook. I can be like, yo, this is my line. This is my social media following. I have, you know, a solid, you know, uh, customer base. They support me, whatever. Uh, I feel like my product, you know, matches what you sell sell in your store. Like, we went to Nordstrom, and if they give you— a run they're like okay we want we want five thousand shoes and you get that order you can go to the bank and that's they they just know that's guaranteed money because it's coming from a department store 
So uh, I'm leaning more towards, you know, the brick and mortars, uh, partnership with celebrities and stuff like that to make specific shoes for them and then run a line for them uh, under my brand and then also just crowdfunding and just bootstrapping in general. Yeah. And I think it's important to note that taking venture, taking angel, they're both investments, ways to take investments. Crowdfunding is a great avenue. Some mm-hmm. people can explore that. It depends on what your product is and if it's one of those products consumer facing and like a lot of people are going to gravitate toward yeah. then crowdfunding can be the ultimate like platform for you. I think loans are super important. A lot of people overlook that, especially in small, medium businesses. You should be considering loans and seeing how you can pay that back, right? I think a lot of people are also, and this is a dynamic that I get, and the biggest differentiating factor, I think, between tech companies and small, medium businesses is that equity plays a role in that, right? Mm -hmm. So when you have a small, medium business... If you can, keep your equity. If not, you think you can grow it and you need to bring on investors, that's cool. And a tech company is the polar opposite. So you want to get that equity out. You want to consume as much as you can. But at the end of the day, it's not feasible to hold on to your equity because you need so much capital Mm -hmm. depending on what you're building, right? So I think that's the biggest differentiating factor. So for you, what do you see your next step? In terms of financing, of uh, me, of course, crowdfunding connected with your friend. You know, you want to sh- shout them out. Yeah, or shout out or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or Fun black founders. There. Fun black founders. Mm-hmm. So connected with her. Shout out Sequoia for connecting with them. Uh, also, Levi and I, who will be coming on later, we sit. We, we're going to sit down and call up like Nordstroms and Dillers and Neiman's and stuff like that uh, to present my product and brand because I've had people reach out like, "Oh, your store, your shoe should be in in Neiman's. Your shoe should be in Nordstroms." I've been in the stores and the, and the buyers, and they're like, "Oh, we like your shoes," or the managers like, "Oh, we like your shoes. Where'd you get them?" And we have that conversation, uh, but I've never felt like my brand was at that point to where it was time for me to put it in the store. Uh, but now I feel like, you know, in 2020, it's like it's kind of time for that because I've built so much and I've sacrificed so much that it's time to actually, you know, go into those department stores. And then, like, I'm connecting with those celebrities. So it's exactly time to take that leap and, you know, design a shoe that me and a celebrity sit down and we talk about, okay, what kind of shoe do you think would be hot, you know, match your style and your, your audience or your people and design that shoe and give them a percentage, you know, based off of the sales and continue to get that exposure and growth on that side of it and um i actually have one guy who wants to like invest up front <clears throat> and he wants to pay for the samples and everything and uh just reap on the back end because he wants to see me win and, and do good in business uh so outside of those two things you know um just continue to push myself and get more features on larger platforms um and then i take out some loans too like a lot of people this is a big plug for a lot of people um so if you have a business and you feel like you know you can't get a loan from a bank traditionally uh, a lot of my mentor, well, one of my mentors told me about, um, well, I went through Credit Karma myself. So I met somebody that, you know, went through Credit Karma a lot and did a lot of cards and a lot of stuff I feel like was scamish. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you can you can go on Credit Karma and you can get a loan. The interest rates are real high. So, I mean, if you really believe in your business, you know, you'll take that risk uh, to make stuff happen. But Credit Karma is a good place to go to get one next day. Uh, you can go to Stripe and get one next day. You can go to PayPal and get one next day. So if you really like use, say for instance, you use Stripe. Is your payment process, and you've used them for like two years or something. You have a good background. They just released, um, you know, it's kind of like beta form, where it's not a traditional loan. It's like okay, every transaction that comes through, we take a percentage of like your sales to pay back, you know, this ten grand. So if you have a business that's like, you know, you've been doing it in Stripe, PayPal is your like payment provider or whatever, or whatever processing. You know, you you can actually go in there and sign up, and then they'll approve it, and it'll go to your account, and then it'll start taking a percentage of all your sales. So it's easier for you to not think oh, I need to make this monthly payment every month. It's like, oh, I don't have to think about it because if I sell a product, a product that costs 500 and they take 20%, you just, you know, make 
you just make room for it, you know, when you have sales or whatever. So it's pretty it's pretty dope that you can do that, and a lot of people don't know. Gems, because yeah. I didn't know that. A lot, of, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of people don't know, man. It's like it's and it's like, it's crazy how if you really want something, bro, it's crazy like you can really make it happen. You just gotta sacrifice so much and be willing to take those risks. And um, it's just all about who you know because I I meet people at certain times that, that drop gems on me that I need in that very moment. Like when he told me about Stripe. And PayPal, I needed that at that very moment to like pay for another order of shoes. So <laughs> it's <you> crazy. <laughs> yeah, I swear it's crazy how. And me just even saying that right now, somebody will listen to it and be like, "Oh, dang, I need that," and they took that risk and they'll be like, "Yo, I'm so thankful for that." Yeah. So. So I think so. I want to be clear to you guys when I say tech and small medium business, not to say that your company is actually a small medium business because you could, <laughs> but you. I mean, right now, but you could scale to a bigger D2C direct-to-consumer company. So you could essentially have the same kind of structure Mm -hmm. as a tech company. You see that with Daily Harvest. You see that with a lot of consumer-facing companies. So it's not like, not to categorize and say, okay, because you're a small, medium business, because you could decide that that's not the way that you want to go. It's just Mm -hmm. making sure that we differentiate the two factors. So you guys know that if you are the small, medium business, maybe you're an info product, maybe you're a brand, and you're like, I want to sell whatever online you can take out those loans like eric is saying you can go through the payment processing and leverage loans that way and then going back to having a bigger company that needs to scale that's going to hit over a million plus households then that's a whole different story right you should be looking into angel investing and then ultimately venture capital if that's the direction you're going to go and then another thing too if you're if you're starting an apparel brand a lot of a a great thing to do that's helped me continue to operate over time over the years is, you know, if I if I have $500 to pay for a sample, you know, if you have a t-shirt company, so a lot of people have t-shirt companies out there. If you have a t-shirt company and you create this dope logo and you only have, you got a, good, a nine to five job, you know, take like $100 from that nine to five job, get a sample made, put a Shopify up, you know, just, just that's, that's less than a hundred. And then you can actually start a pre-order. Like even if you start, if you start on social media and you build an audience and, you know, you get people to start to support, understand your story, or love your product, you know, start a pre-order. Like, it, pre-order is nothing, man. Like, run a pre-order, like, phase, sell 20, get pre-order for 20 or whatever, make that profit, put that right back into the business. And over time, you'll see, like, you'll start to grow, like, 50, 50 sales, 100 sales. And it's like, dang, I got enough money now to buy a 1,000 T-shirts, you know. And you get to just grow uh, from there. So it's really good to set that 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 big, like, target at the end and then work your way backwards and understand that you can start with one T-shirt or one shoe and like actually scale that through like pre-order or anything like that. I love that you said that because we're talking about going to other people for investment, but you're talking about investing in yourself. So bootstrapping your business, paying for it yourself, financing it yourself, making sure you're reinvesting into the business. A lot of people are like, well, I can't survive, so I'm going to take the money out and live off of it. Then you might just have to have a nine to five until you can get it together, or you can like just deal with that hustle. It's a, it's a it's a sacrifice for sure. Yeah, so it's up to you. There's plenty of options out there, but just know that you have the options. Facts. It's life hacks. Life hacking, baby. Tech tips and tools for everyday needs. Tap in. Control copy these shortcuts and simplify your life. You heard us. You heard All right, you guys. So we're going to jump into the power of manifestation. A lot of the times we believe certain things and we don't think that we can actually bring those to fruition but the truth of the matter is whatever you think you can manifest so dr dabber tell me about some of the things and ways that you've managed to manifest 
Man, so uh, manifesting has been a big thing for me since um, since about 2018. It's been a big thing. So we can go into the techniques. I want to hear your technique too because like my technique is kind of simple. You know, I take my whiteboard, I write down there. I think about stuff I want, of course, because the the power of the mind is just what you speak is very it's very powerful. Um, but when you write it down, it's like a whole different like just manifestation. It's crazy. So um, I take a whiteboard and I really I separate my sections. Like I'll put LFLS shoes. I'll put Dr. Dapper and I'll put like another business I'm working on or something like that. And I'll write 2020. I'll write a word of, of the year. Like this word is grateful. It's my word of the, of the year. Um, and I'll just start to write out stuff I want to achieve during the year. And then uh, say, for instance, I write down how much money I want to make or how much money I want to come through my bank account. <clears throat> and I break that down month by month, day by day. So I know how much I need to make. And then I also put plans beside like, okay, this is like um, what I need to do to make this money or this is what I need to do to scale my business. Um, and I even, last year I even sat down and looked at the calendar to see like which specific points my shoes sell the most. So I put points to attack. Like I put Valentine's Day, the Met Gala, or I put uh, Christmas time, I put prom time, wedding season, and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I manifest. I just write stuff down. Um, and then I also, I start to meditate a lot more too. So manifestation and uh, meditation is a big thing for me this year. Um, so like, that's, that's kind of how I do it. So like, you know, how, how do you, uh, you know, manifest? Is there a different technique to the Sequoia, uh, manifestation? You are way more organized than me. <laughs> so my manifestation all happens in my head. Like I start thinking about things, ideas that pop up, things that I want. And of course, I'll get them out, but mm-hmm. I am not structured in like, here's the whiteboard and let's get it going, right? So I'm good at hiring people. So if there's something that I want, and I absolutely know that I know that I know that I want this. I'm hiring somebody to help me get that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, what's the next stage of my career? I'm hiring a business coach. Where do I need to go to go in my relationships? I'm hiring a relationship coach. Where do I need to go? Like, what's happening internally? Yeah. I'm getting a therapist. You know what I'm saying? So those are the things that I do in order to manifest. Now, what's interesting, and I am not the most religious person on the planet. I believe in universe. I believe mm-hmm. in what your thoughts are. They will manifest right. if you focus and put your energy there. Some things, so I hired my business coach last year. I was working in a certain role and going through that process, I realized, okay, it's time for me to make that transition. So when I hired her, I was also building a business simultaneously, right? And throughout that process, I realized that that business had leverage for other companies. So I was like, okay, how do I grow this business? Not necessarily focused on the fact that I wanted it to be acquired, but more so focused on, I want to grow this business. Mm-hmm. Found out later that there was an opportunity for an acquisition or to roll this company up into a venture capital firm, but like that was not my thought, right? So I think you can't necessarily be so specific that you deviate from whatever that manifestation is, sure. but you need to have direction. So mm-hmm. my direction was, I need more money. I need to do these things. I need to grow my career in this way. And then it showed up in a way that I never would have imagined. That's just right? what happens. It just pops up like, you know, just random like, oh, I I didn't ask for it to happen this way. But it's like, oh, you got it, though. So it's like, be happy or. Right. Do. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is not what I envisioned. But let's go. Right. So I think that's super important. Then on the flip side, I was like, I want a TV show. Not thinking. <laughs> 
And Tawala, our producer, tells me this all the time. He's like, Sequoia, everything you say that you want to do happens. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. So, but <laughs> because I don't put that much effort into it, which mm-hmm. trips me out. Like, even this show, I was like, Tawala, I called Tawala when I got back to LA and I was like, I want a radio show. And he's like, yeah, that's cute. Right. Like, like we worked in radio a decade plus ago. So he's like, cool, 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 cool. So I go find a relationship, end up on Dash and call Tawala back like a week later. And I was like, hey, I got a radio show. He was like, what the hell? Like, so like, I just I I don't know what it is about focus and intention. Mm -hmm. But when you put that out there, things just happen. Energy. It's all energy. I swear. Because like, it's not even as complicated as people make it like seem, you know, like if you want to make a meal. It's not that hard to make a meal, you know. If you can, if you you have to see it. So like I, that's why I write it down. Like once you write it down, and you see how easy, how obtainable it is. It's like, oh dang, I can actually do this. Then you actually start taking that first step to achieving that, and then you turn around, and you're like, oh, you made it like in a year. You made it in two years. So even like you said, in a, in a week, you had the radio stuff going. It's like even with me, if I say I'm gonna do something, you know, usually with as an entrepreneur, a true entrepreneur, and not a entrepreneur, if they say they're gonna do something, you know, they'll have a they'll have a business idea one week. And then next week they have a business or either they or either they have a foundation of something. And that's how you know people are actually about it, you know, and um and manifestation was like a part of that, you know. So it's crazy how that works. I think you hit on something. You have to be an entrepreneur versus a wantrepreneur. Yeah, entrepreneurs or whatever it is that you try to preneu because yeah. <laughs> ah, they try to preneu the wrong because if you just want nothing's gonna happen, right? Facts. There's a lot of people out there that are just like, Oh, I wanna be da 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 and like they do nothing to move themselves forward. Exactly. And so from your hustle, what I've seen is just as an outsider looking in, mm. you're like, Oh, I wanna do XYZ and you, the next week it feels like it's already there. Like you position your yourself in a way mm. that feels like what you are trying to manifest has already happened. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. Talk about that. It's a beautiful thing, I swear. And it's like it's really it's really um I feel like it has that that feel or that look just because uh it all grows from that one seed that I planted. So that one seed that I planted is the shoe company, is my purpose, is my story. And when you plant that one seed, it's just like a tree, you know, you watch it grow. And as it gets taller, it's like a different branch branches off and another branch branches off and another one branches off because they all coexist. So, you know, when I manifest one thing, that one thing begins to, you know, just grow and grow and I water and I water and it's just like it just sprouts out into different things. So it's really crazy how it happens. Um, But everything really just aligns like the universe, the energies, just like even uh, meditation. Let's talk about meditation, you know, because this is going to be big for me this year. Uh, In my last event, I had I led a group meditation and people were crying. So it's like I really got serious and I'm a goofy person, but I got serious in that moment. And people <laughs> she looking at me right now like, yeah, you real goofy. Indeed. <laughs> but yeah, we so love them. Though. The meditation is like everything, man. So that, I feel like that's going to even um, elevate my my journey and my, my the things that I'm a part of and everything I touch even more because like I'm really focused on it from uh, manifesting. But then when I meditate and I really close my eyes and I, I breathe, I clear my mind. I relieve myself of the stress of all the negative stuff going on. And I focus on the positive and the things I manifested, you know, it only allows that to go even further, uh, even quicker. You know, that's why stuff gets done in a week, because you really sit back. OK, I want this to be done. This negative stuff is going on. But, you know, I'm going to forget about that and focus on the positive, And that allows it to grow more and more and more and even better. So um, I feel like, yeah, that's 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 how that, that happens. I love that you kicked off on meditation because I think it's super difficult for me when I try to meditate. I am in the deepest coma of life. <laughs> like, no, I'm like and sleep, right? Like we literally. <laughs> I'm so serious. 
Out. Well, I was meditating. Out. Out. Like, we had a meditation um, session at M13, and, like, uh-huh. we were all sitting around the table. It was, like, so comfortable and so warm, and, like, all the blankets were there, and the aromatherapy oils were being passed, and I was out like a light, okay? Uh, like so, light. I think it's super <laughs> important, like, when you meditate to understand, like, how you best meditate, because for me, I'm taking a nap. Like, I'm gone. Even even me, like I've I've found that you know some, I started off sitting in my bed meditating, trying to play the music and just sit and close my eyes. But now I get in the shower and I turn the light off because I, <laughs> I can't go to sleep and in I the let shower. The light I love me. it. I let the steam hit me and I breathe that steam in and I take it in my body and I just let it out. So I mean, yeah, get in the shower next time you want to meditate. See how that feels. Let the water, let the hot water run on you. Let you just close your eyes and just breathe the steam. And I feel like I don't think you'll go to sleep standing up. Oh, no, no, no. Water. no. <laughs> That's not happening. I feel like that'll, that'll, that'll solve that issue. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for the advice. So for people who are out there that are trying to manifest 2020, mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of New Year's resolution, New Year, New Me, I like all the that. hashtags, all the things. <laughs> so for people who are trying to set up their 2020, what are some of the things that they should be doing? They should be writing. They should get a whiteboard. They should write. They should, they should think about their goals. I would I would even say you know look around you like you you know you're you the people that you surround yourself by the most uh, you know they have the most um, influence yeah influence on your life like mm-hmm. what you do so if you if you surround if you're the fifth person you surround yourself by four people to just sit home play the game work nine to fives go out on the weekends you're gonna be that fifth person that does that but if, but if you surround yourself by like you know hustlers entrepreneurs people that are doing they're on their game you know you'll be that fifth person you have no no option but to level up so really. Look at your friends, your friendships. Look who you surround yourself by, and you know, see who's there for you when you're down at your lowest, and who's there, you know, when you're at the, at your highest points. Because you know, a lot of people want to hang around just in case you make it, or they only want to have you, uh, or they want to, they only want to talk to you when you. It's like, oh, I need this, or where you at, like blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. So mm, I hate those you know, people. It's, it's, it's real important to <laughs> sending you the voicemail, right? Right. <laughs> immediately. So it's real important to know who you surround yourself by. Uh, manifest with the whiteboard. Um, meditate. Uh, and I, I want to say uh, fail like a baby. You know, I want I want I want more people to fail like a baby. You know, and th- and that basically means you know uh, when you when you're a kid when you're a baby you're just born. Uh, you ever heard that quote before? School? Yeah, we you had know? when I was at Draper we had fail and fail again until you succeed. That's a good one. Yeah, fail, fail like a baby is everything, and I'll I'll explain it for y'all. So fail like a baby, like when a baby is born, you know they pop out, wah, they hear whatever they doing their thing, and they start out crawling, and then you know they they look around, they're like, oh dang, everybody walking and stuff, they running, and sh- like how how do I do that? And they try they they stand up on the side of the couch, they try to walk. What do they do? They fall down, and then they keep trying to get up, and you know trying to walk, and they, when they do, they fall down. And if we knew what failure wa- failure was at that point, you know we would like a lot of us wouldn't even be walking or running or doing anything. So. It's, it's it's crazy how the, the a child's mind is just continue to go and go and get up and get up, and I feel like you have to apply that to um to business as well because eventually that baby was able to get up and then walk because if I look at you right now, you can stand up out of this chair and you can walk out of this room because you didn't give up when you were trying to learn how to walk. So if you start in a business, tech, fashion, whatever, a service, and you you find yourself failing in twenty twenty, like just remember like when you were a baby. You know, you didn't like give up on trying to walk. So don't don't give up on your baby as a business. You know, it's just it's in the crawl stage. But eventually, it'll start walking. Then it'll start sprinting, and then it'll be winning marathons, like you're saying. You're saying both. So it's like you gotta just see the long term and just really just focus on it. And just remember that you know every L is a lesson, and when you fail, it's just like what did I learn from that failure? Two important things that you hit upon that I absolutely love is your network. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's so important. Like your network absolutely is your net worth. Like a hundred percent. I know it sounds cliche, but through and through. Right. The reason why I'm on TV right now is literally because of a manifestation of me writing down with my business coach and going, hey, I want this show. Not doing much of anything to get it, which is kind of strange, but got a random email in the middle of the night and basically was like, hey, we want to cast you for this new show that Will Packer is doing. Say what? <laughs> like, like, say what? Like, wait, wait. Can we, can we? So for me, that was like the universe, right? Yeah. I think you have the tools and like whatever your passion is and whatever your purpose is, like those things will show up. I don't care how much you try to suppress them. They just do. Mm-hmm. But from there, that was like, okay, you're on this. Then somebody in my network was like, okay, cool. We want to bring you on to this other show on Fox. So I think it's a lot of that the networking that you're saying and like not being afraid to fail, exactly. right? I think as you were talking about when you're a baby, there is no fear. Nope. When you get about mm, 20 and 30-ish, you're scared. You're like, <laughs> all oh, of a sudden, man, everything is frightening, right? So, <laughs> so I think that that's a big, big point is don't be afraid to fail. Like, fail, fail, and fail again until you succeed. I think that's super important. You need failure. There, there is no success without failure. Like, you never... Like, the, who was, it was a guy speaking at the event we were at today. He was like, um, the reason we go through... We have to go through pain because we wouldn't know how, like, pain, pain feels. And we would, we would put that off on other people if we didn't, like, experience that pain or that failure. So it's very vital to, like, your, your journey and the person that you become over time. Because, say, for instance, you're just... You were born into wealth and you have a million dollars and you go start a business and it was always so easy for you and you always used to having all that bread and then your parents die and then it's like okay i run the business myself and then you end up hitting that one failure it's like how do you react in that you know if you've never failed before you're not used to it you're not accustomed to it you know how do you react in that and that's the same with relationships it's like girlfriend boyfriend a husband wife business partners like yo i can't go into business with you i can't be in a relationship with you if you haven't failed before because i don't know how you'll react and how you will like just come back from that failure. So that's very, very important. I think people who go through adversity make the best entrepreneurs. Facts. If you ain't went through nothing, put yourself through something. Be uncomfortable. Get out of that box. Love it. What's good, Commas family? Dr. Dapper is here. We're checking in. We're going to say it with your style. You know how we do it. Uh, I had to bring one of my good friends in. Brought him all the way from Texas. That's a long, that's a long trip. All the way from Texas. You know, uh, this is a real good friend. We met about three years ago uh, through social media. Uh, he bought my shoes. He saw my shoes. He was like, oh, they're dope. I want to buy them. I want to support. I was like, all right, just uh, just another guy. I want to buy some shoes. But he bought the first pair, and then he bought another pair. I was like, dang, you know, I really want to check out his stuff. So I looked at his bracelets. I bought a bracelet. And then our, our kind of like brotherhood and friendship was built off of that. So, you know, I feel like it was only right for him to be my first guest on my segment. This is uh, Levi Lawrence, the third, not the first, not the second, but the third, you know. Ah! <laughs> you funny. So tell, tell him a little bit about, you know, your background, where you're from, what you're doing right now. You know, you can, you can go in a little bit more on how we met, uh, why you wanted to connect with me, uh, and then we can dive a little deeper into some more questions. What's going on, people? Uh, like you said, my name is Levi Lawrence, the third. My journey, period, uh, in regards to meeting Eric uh, was just a dope experience. I think it was all about... Um, wanting that growth between not only business, but wanting a different circle. Mm-hmm. So I think that we all started off in a circle with, you know, friends that we had within that time. And those are the friends that you needed to be wherever you're at. And once it's time to, to ascend in a sense of, you know, whatever you want, of wanting more, wanting to do more, wanting to be in a different space, uh, sometimes 
the friends that you have, that doesn't mean that they're not your friends anymore, but they're just not, they might not be the friends that you need to be around in order to get to where you want to be. So uh, I've always spoke about having um, the the people around me that think like I do mm-hmm. and work as hard as I do and see life the way I do, strive for success in certain ways. Uh, a lot of people think I'm crazy because the things that I want to do, the things that I've done or say that I'm going to do. And um, seeing uh, Eric's shoes and I was, you know, reading through some of the comments and, you know, re- checking out some of the stories. I'm like, man, like he's he's somebody that is like me. And it I don't see age when it comes to that. I see ambition. Yeah. It's a big difference. You know, you, it doesn't matter. You could be 20, you could be 30, you could be 50. But as long as your ambition matches, then we're the same. So seeing that, I, I had to had to hit him up. And I was like, let me let me check out these shoes. I looked at their price. At that time, I wasn't about to spend. <laughs> I was nowhere near the person to be like, I'm gonna spend, you know, a couple hundred dollars on some shoes. I just wasn't gonna do that. But I believed in this product. And I, you know, I was like, okay, let me see. You know, you gotta, I feel like if you really are trying to put yourself in a different uh, position that you want to, you know, take those, I guess, risks in a sense. So I bought a pair. And I'm like, okay. And then from there we started talking. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy another pair. And I was like, look, I was like, you're the only one I'm messing with. I was like, from now on, only rocking. I'm only rocking LFLS your shoes. shoes. <laughs> I'm only right. I was like, I, I, I will never buy another pair of dress shoes. I'm only rocking yours. And that's love for sure. And it's crazy that we like it all happened from social media. So it's crazy that the power of social media uh, and the way you utilize it to market your business because you can actually reach people that become some of your closest friends. Like blood couldn't make me and Levi closer, and I've lost a lot of family. And a lot of my friends, you know, they don't understand what I do and they can't relate to the moves that I make and they can't be there to understand like, oh, I'm down right now. Like, this is why I'm down. You know, Levi gives me a lot of, you know, like a lot of a lot of information, a lot of ideas on what I should do and how I should move and the next step I should make to uh, get out of this hole that I might be in or, you know, get out of this down. So I feel like it's very important to have someone that you can relate to on a friendship level, but also as like a mentor or as a brother or as because he's a husband. He has a wife. He has he has uh, kids. You know, so I look up to him for more than just oh, this is my homie. It's like yo, this is my brother. This is my mentor. This is like you know my life coach. You know, this is how I should treat a woman when I get married. This is how I should you know act around my daughter or my son. And when I look at him on like social media with his daughter, when I Facetime, I'm like, dang, I really like see myself in that position. So it's a beautiful thing when you can like really just manifest or just, you know, just cross paths with somebody on your journey because, like, that's the most important thing in your journey, like, the people that you come across because you come across the people that you will, you know, you will starve with and you'll, like, be in the boat paddling with and then eventually five, ten years down the road, you you eating, you feasting with those people and you're, like, on the yacht with those people. So it's a beautiful thing to be in the in the gutter, in the trenches and really, like, envision, you know, that bigger picture and y'all do it together and it's kind of, like, seamless. It's just, like, really easy to kind of, like, just see that. So I, that's a beautiful thing, for it real. It was definitely a process building that relationship. Like, oh, yeah. We started out, uh, like, pretty much helping each other become better. Like, hey, are you, you know, are you looking at getting different boxes? Like, are you are you looking at getting a different twine? You know, like, what are you, are you, are you going to raise your prices? What are you going to do? Like, you want to collaborate? Let's do a giveaway. Yeah, you know, thanks. We did a lot of that. We did a lot of that. And we, <laughs> we were doing all kinds of stuff. And we just, you know, we built that relationship on fashion. But then, we, you know, we started getting more personal about yeah. people's lives, about, you know, where we came from, what we're doing, what we want to do. So, because my thing about me is, although I have a fashion part, that wasn't my thing. 
you know, it wasn't my big thing that I wanted to do. Like, I've always wanted to have something to where I connect with everybody. So, um, it just it just kept growing. Mm-hmm. It just kept growing between us. We finally met after what? Bro, we met. We met for the first time last year. Like, just like yeah. we, said, we met. We met and connected on Instagram in 2017. And then we met in person the year that I moved to L.A., like months before I moved to L.A. So yeah. it was crazy how that really happened because I made a trip. Was it April? It was, it, was, it was like right around that time because I took a trip here and I was here and he was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to drive up or I'm going to come up. And he flew up and he was like, I'm going to see you and meet you for the first time. And we met like that. So it was crazy. Um, and then since we were talking about fashion, let's talk a little bit more about like how you got into fashion, why you got into it like that. How was that beginning you know, stage of like fashion because you're older than me and your fashion oh, stuff yeah. was different for shine so yeah, kind of talk- was different <laughs> kind of kind of speak on like how you got into fashion and why you got into it oh man so uh fashion's always been a part of my life um really my nana uh used to dress me as a child in some of the dopest things that I've never seen any other kid in <laughs> when I look at the, uh, look at the old pictures I'm like man I was I was fly clean. um and so growing up she was always uh kind of my fashion icon she was you know flashy but she was uh, classy at the same time and it kind of stuck with me as I got older I really started dabbling uh, into fashion in I want to say in high school um, my I wanted to get my ears pierced mm. and so my dad my dad wasn't he wasn't about to have it I just probably moved in with him I think about a year after that and he just wasn't having it um, so I decided to create my own earring <laughs> so they had like the little magnets at Claire's yeah. and you know they used to have like the old you know back in the day they had like the Jordans and all the Jordan man yeah. all the, all the, the big squares you yeah. know the big soldier boy square yeah. earrings and stuff so I um, would get those from a kiosk and I'd clip them off and I'd sand them down and I'd super glue a magnet to one side and I'd wear I have magnet earrings and so that's kind of where I started like being myself and doing it and I was course i'd always take him off before i get home because he just wasn't having that yeah <laughs> but next thing you know everybody at school started winning them mm-hmm. so i started selling them 15 15 a pack you know and it was probably costing me next to nothing maybe like two three dollars uh to make them and to to get everything from there i started um creating shirts and bleaching jeans and stuff like that just doing like whatever creativity creative thing that came to my mind and it kind of just grew from there. I think about 2009 is when I was like, man, I want I want to do I want my own my own business. And I want I think I want my own clothing line. I think I want to 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 do more. And so that's when uh, Shine started. Mm-hmm. So the idea of Shine came, you know, speaking to uh, a few uh, you know, the older friends and nothing was done. I had sketches i had been speaking to people but i didn't do anything about it i was so soaked into the dumb stuff that i was doing in college and i didn't really have anybody around me that was really pushing me to be more yeah. you know or to be like hey man like are you gonna start this hey, like let's let's do it together it was just me you know i you know i talk about it and everybody was like all right cool and that was pretty much it uh in 2013 uh, i met my my future wife. Mm-hmm. So um, I was actually going into the military at a time, and I told her about everything that I'd done before, and I pretty much showed her all my sketches. And one day I was coming uh, coming home from work. This is an important part, you guys. Listen up. If she doesn't do this for you, you need to leave her. <laughs> I was coming home from work, and she was sitting on the floor. And I'm like, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm making your, your website. And I'm like, my website for what? She was like, for your company that you're going to have. 
and she had bought my first website and it was uh it was a squarespace website or wix no it was wix it was a wix website uh and it was like www.shine.com and i was like man it just like touched my heart so much i'm like this is somebody that's like really believing in what i want to do even though i didn't even know what i wanted to do yet Mm -hmm. from there it kind of just grew to where um we did modeling we were had pictures of some of the people that i knew um just weird stuff nothing came out until like 2014 when we moved to uh, California, came out with my first beanie. They called the the vintage shine beanie, <laughs> and I went to Napa. I got the biggest cow hide you would ever think of. I was taking little branding things and and burning them. I was I was cooking crack in the kitchen, <laughs> literally. I, when I tell you, I was cutting out squares, and I was in the kitchen with a brass label thing that said it had the shine emblem on it, and I had set it on the stove. And I had to pick it up with the towel and and just like keep doing that and just and then it's like getting to sew them and impressing them. It was it was a it was a whole thing. But I sold out. I sold out my first time around. I'm pretty it was purely off of support because them bad boys were small. They couldn't even fit my head. <laughs> like, like, and you know I got a big head. You know, I just want to buy it just because this bad boy right here. I had to get this special special made. You know, just the way you know <laughs> it'll fit around the dome. Yeah. So so with go, talking about fashion, like how is how has it like influenced your life in a way? Because I know over time, after, since we've met, it's evolved a lot, a lot oh, in general. Sure. So you know, how how do people treat you when you when you walk into a room now, and like, or like how did you know fashion, you know, just shift or just oh, mold man. your life as Everything. an individual? Uh, the way I dress uh, affects every aspect of my life. It doesn't matter where I go. I'm 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 dressed down right now. Of course, I got my my hoodie on. But you still fly because you got the LFLS shoes on. <laughs> I got the LFLS <laughs> shoes on and the fedora <laughs> and stuff. But it doesn't matter where I go. Um, I get treated like I'm important, mm-hmm. and to me, I am important. So of course, you you know you walk with confidence, you speak nice. with confidence. Then uh, people will respect you just like you respect yourself. But you gotta when you when you dress, you have to dress with respect. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people. I don't say I don't want to say they don't care about themselves, but I feel like they don't dress as much as they respect themselves. Mm-hmm. Because when you do that, you show that, and then everybody else pretty much just flocks to that, and they treat you the way that you should be treated. I know a lot of people that have said in the past that, oh, you know, when I walk into somewhere, like people like lock their doors or whatever, or they get all scared. I've never had that problem, you know. As a black man, you know, some people, and not even just black, Hispanic, Asian, white, it doesn't matter. Um, I've never had a problem where somebody was like, "Oh man, who is this?" You know, this hoodlum. You know, yeah. I just, I just never <laughs> had that issue because I've always kept myself in a certain way. Now, don't get me wrong. Every now and then, I throw on some basketball shorts, get the sagging. That's at the house, or <laughs> you know, when I'm chilling. But I'm not gonna step outside like that because I respect myself, and I just feel like fashion period has sculpted my, you know, the way that I move because the way I dress and the way I move. I, you know, I gotta look good. Facts. You know, I'm I'm already goofy looking. Look, look, goofy looking. You know what I mean? Look, this is as good as it's getting over here. So, you know, if I don't dress right, it ain't you know, then it ain't getting no good. So you, so you think like the name of my segment is like say it with your style. So how do you, you how do you, what do you think people think? You know about about you? What do you, what do you, what have you, what have you seen the way that people were like? Give an example of like you know how how your style speak, speaks for you when you walk into a room. Um. 
Even if it was I today. Because <laughs> people, people would be like, oh, man, you dress so nice. Oh, like, yeah. Oh. I was thinking, we, 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 was, we felt like we was dressed down. Yeah, we were yeah. dressed down. Um, I think that um, they always say that. You're like, oh, like, you know, you're, you're different, mm-hmm. you know. Or um, I think personally that my style, uh, if I could put it in a word, would say, like, leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not afraid to try anything, you know, as long as it looks good on me. No. Hell, if it's a if it's a girl shirt and it look good on me, I, I'll be like, well, he actually got his a, shirt. I'm like, this is this a, a man shirt today. You see all the little V thing with the chest popping. I was like, and I look, I'll mess around. I walk outside and be, oh man, that feels dope. I'll be like, thank you. Where'd you get the shirt? Uh, hey, knows. look, you know, I, I've I've done it before. I, I, I don't got no shame. Now, of course, you know, catch me in no heels or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always gonna make sure I look like a man. Yeah. But uh, I mean, I you know, I'm fashion forward, and uh, I just feel like if it looks right. And it feels right, then it is right. Nice. So, I definitely feel like when it comes to when it comes to me, it's more of a of a leader look mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, of course, you know you have the people that you know are kind of like off set by that. They're like, man, like you kind of you you know you kind of do too much. Yeah, you know with the you know I'll be wearing the brooch sometimes or you know doing some extra stuff. And I mean that's cool. You know some people ain't tapped in like that. They yeah. want to wear you know. The polos. Now, keep, it, keep it simple. There's no yeah, moment it though. That's cool. That's what they want to do. That's cool. And and then so like it's kind of stepping, kind of steering away from fashion. Um, you you do a lot of different things too. Like outside of being a family man, you know, you have a book. You you're in like uh, uh legality with like a lawyer that you work with through a company and just a few other things. So kind of speak on the family stuff real quick, then the book, and then also other businesses you want to talk touch on. My family is everything to me. My family has made me who I am today. I used to be the worst of the worst kind of person. And I was cold-hearted. I was mean. And even after um, I met my wife, I was still kind of cold because I've been cold for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had, you know, brought me over to a better side, more free thinking and, and all that. But uh, once I had my child and I realized that I had to change, you know, not only for for myself, but for the people that were in my life, because I'm affecting them. You know, the the energy that I put off, the light that I give off, it affects those people around you. My daughter is the the brightest light that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not saying that it's been filled with darkness because I've had great times, um, but I've never seen such a happy person. And that happy person makes me happy. And it makes me want to do better. Uh, my wife encourages me to to do more, to to think more and to think out loud and to be who I am. There's so much things that I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have tried if it wasn't for her being the uh, outcast type of person that she is. So I'm, I'm extremely thankful for them. And it's because of them that uh, I'm on my second book. So mm-hmm. my first book was Raw Words with Levi, which was really about empowering uh, myself and then empowering others. It's a, you know, a hundred, hundred quotes that I came up with within a year. And those hundred quotes helped me get to that next stage of my life of uh, not only knowing what I wanted to do, but to be able to conquer those things and to go and charge forward even, you know, after falling. Um, and now we have breaking a walk, uh, a walk with man. So, with this book, it really dives deep into uh, men as a whole. Mm-hmm. So although all men 
aren't the same when it comes to their lives. We all have been through similar situations. And this goes through to from, you know, being young and innocent to being tainted and cold hearted to uh, meeting my wife to still making dumb, young, (laughs) single man mistakes, you know. (laughs) You know, and I mean, like most dudes have them. These are things that people don't talk about. They don't talk about the fact that, you know, when you first get married, he still ain't married yet. He's he's married and he knows he's married, but he makes the dumb man mistakes because he don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys don't know. Um, And to becoming a father and not knowing what it's like to really be a father. Uh, I was raised by my mom, uh, a single mom from, uh, you know, as I was born to the age of 12 13 and then i moved into it with my dad uh my dad and my stepmom and then from there you know i left the house at what 17 18 to go to college but um it was you know some some things happened uh along the way i've always been a wild child uh outspoken and i wanted to do everything i wanted to do so but um there were there are things that we all hold internal, you know, those internal scars mm-hmm. that you uh, that you hold deep. And those things that you if you don't fix those, they can affect the people down the line like your like your kids. And I made those mistakes in the beginning with my daughter. And it's because I didn't know better. I never I never been around kids. You know, uh, I never been a dad. Uh, I never really seen uh, a father and his child have that intimacy that they might need because a lot of men lack that intimacy because they never really got that between their dad. Yeah. And I love my dad to death, to death. Um, but he grew up hard. And it's uh, it's hard for a man that was that was raised hard. He was raised in Inglewood, California, who was raised hard to be that extreme, soft, loving soft, dad, yeah. cushy, loving man that you have to be to your son or to your daughter, whoever. So, and that's needed. And I know a lot of people feel like, well, you got to be real tough on your kids. And that's not the fact because my mom was the same way. She wanted to love me, but she didn't want to give me too much affection because she didn't want me to be soft. Yeah. You know, so she was tough. She's the one that taught me how to fight. She's the one that taught me how to uh, fix a sink, fix a toilet, change a tire. (laughs) Like she, you know, she was no, no joke on it. You know, getting into it. So, um, but yeah, so that's that's pretty much uh, the book. Just goes into my family, the growth, ups and downs, and uh, the outcome of yeah. me being who I am today. Yeah, that's dope. And then, like, we're gonna go ahead and kind of like wrap it up and uh, like tell them where they can find you at and everything, and uh, so they can find out more about the businesses you own, the fashion company, and the books and everything when they drop. Uh, so Instagram, all that stuff. You can follow me at. Levi Lawrence the third on IG. That's L E V I L A W R E N C E I I I. You want to follow me on Facebook? It's Levi Lawrence the <laughs> third. You know what? And I'm gonna be a little bougie when I say this. You can Google me, Levi Lawrence the third, right now. You Google me, I'll, you everything will pop up. Magazine articles, all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm not hard to find. Breaking. A Walk With Man is going to be one of the best books that you hear. It's an audio book, and I 
it's it's not commercialized at all. It's really personal. You, it's pretty much like you're in the same room with me and my wife as we're having these conversations. And I really hope that you guys take something away from what I'm giving, the mistakes and how you can become a better person, you know, whether you are a man or a woman to your child or to anything. Dope. So as you can see, Levi's definitely, he's saying it with his style. He's t- so get tapped in with him, be ready for his book, uh, and stay tapped in. We got some more information coming for you so you can keep stacking these commas. This is The Plug. You know who's The Plug. It's time to get caught up on the hottest in tech. Keep it locked, you heard. With Sequoia Blodgett. I see you, little mama. CES, the biggest tech conference in the world, or at least one of the biggest tech conferences in the world, the Consumer Electronics Show just passed in Las Vegas, and there were some really interesting gadgets to check out. But the one that caught my eye was the Uber collaboration, because we're going to be flying around this piece. Who, who about the fly who? What? Tell me more about this. So what's happening is... Basically, Uber has already rolled out in New York, but the plan is to create these urban mobility vehicles, dubbed the SA-1, and basically roll them out in 2028. Mm -hmm. So essentially, they're going to pick you up. They're not necessarily helicopters. They're helicopters right now, Mm -hmm. but they want to transition from them being helicopters to this vehicle. They're going to pick you up and basically jetson you across the sky. I was going to say jetson. Uh Uh-oh. George Jetson. We're here. We're here. We are here. And, and that's the thing, too. People are like, oh, this isn't going to happen for a really long time. No, it will happen in this decade. Yeah, right. They're building on it right now. And what's also interesting. So because they've already launched in New York, they want to do a rollout to L.A., Dallas, Texas and Melbourne, Australia with the helicopter service. And they want to test in those cities first, see how that goes. And then ultimately they're going to deploy this bigger situation across the United States and the world. I want to test this out. Like, did they have like anything about cost or because since they got the rollout for 2028 for like the actual cars going to be flying around and stuff, you know, did they put any cost for, like the helicopter stuff? Because I mean, I'm sure we got some people listening and it's like, oh, they probably got closer to the to the speaker. They're like, oh, we got like, we got helicopters and we're going to have cars. So like, how, yeah. is, it a, is it easily accessible or do you have to be a part of some kind of club, like Commerce Club? To no. It? <laughs> so it's it's on your Uber app plug it's on your uber app and it's just like you're requesting an uber black so the cost is literally the same amount as an uber black now they ain't the cheapest vehicles but if you got the bag you got the bag right that's what you do your entrepreneurial services for facts (laughs) (laughs) so you can actually go ahead and request that now if you're in new york in terms of the helicopter and eventually you'll be able to request it in the other three cities and i don't mind you know i don't really like that 405 traffic so jumping in a a copter feels good to me That'd be cool. I actually, I was actually around some people if, after the, um, what was it? What was the award show? It was an award show, and I was standing around some celebrities or whatever, some actors, and they were talking about some people they know in Beverly Hills that were actually catching flights from their house to the airport. Like, it's a service or somebody that, that like, you know, they pay for a plane flight, and it's just like a, just like an Uber or something. So I think I feel like that's some that's some similar stuff. So it's crazy that it's, it's happening right now, and it's accessible, you know, to the people that do have the cash for it, do you ever think it'll be like become accessible to us? Like Uber is accessible with people that own the cars. You think people are on the planes and it'll become like more, you know, accessible for us. That's interesting. So in terms of like the driver or the pilot, can they rent out their planes and like rent them to to Uber, right? And then pick them up. I don't know what their plan is in terms of the long term, but I do know with this build out, they are focused on Hyundai 
building this mm-hmm. for them and Uber is going to leverage their technology on top of that and then mm-hmm. utilize the app to kind of navigate as we do right now with the cars. So I don't know mm-hmm. if they'll be bringing in other people's helicopters. These drone looking planes, they're they're going to be very specific to Uber. I know they have competitors in the market right now mm-hmm. who are also trying to fill that space too which is normal. Anytime you have a business, you're going to have those competitors in the market. So it's going to be who is first to market or best to market. And I think that Uber has a huge leg in the race. Good foundation to build on. Yeah. But although, from what I hear, their competitor is really, really strong too. So I can't wait to see what it all looks like. Yeah, we'll we'll stay tapped tapped in on it and we'll keep y'all updated, you know, so stay tuned. And, and, you know, if y'all got any questions or if you hear anything before we hear it, you know, send that over to us so we can Keep the rest of the listeners updated. Yeah, hit us up at Commas Club on Instagram at commas.club.